Uh, hey, so my name is Imari Rodisha, and I'm going to be preaching about the topic of courageous zeal. So to me, courage and zeal are basically the same thing, because with zeal, you're just fired up for God, and courage, you're just, the courage that you add to that just gives you the ability to speak out and just be zealous like you're supposed to be. And um, as the example I'm going to use, I'm gonna, can we turn to Numbers 25, please? I'm going to be talking about Phineas and how, um, how his zeal was able to save a lot of lives. All right, so in verse 1 it reads, While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with the Moabite women, who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate and bowed before these gods. So Israel joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people, kill them and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worshiping the Baal of Peor. Then an Israelite man brought to his family a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of, the, of Israel, while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. When Phineas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear through both of them through the Israelite and into the woman's body. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. All right. So basically what happened is, like all of us know, God doesn't like when we date people of other religions or other beliefs because they'll lead us away from him. And he doesn't like that. So while uh, he told Moses to go handle that. So Moses was... (laughs) All right. So basically... If I was Moses, I'm talking to all of you guys, letting you guys know what God told me. And in the middle, somebody just walks out with the Midianite woman and goes to have sex with her in the tent. And one of the guys, Phineas, was like, no, that is not right. So he went back to his house, took out his spear, followed them, and was like, no, and killed them both. (laughs) Like, stabbed them both. It was over. So... Like, this guy got so fired up that immediately after that, it says, then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. That's how fired up God gets when we're zealous for him. When we do what he wants us to do, he gets fired up. He will bless us. Like, it's crazy, though, that out of an entire assembly of Israelites, only one person was willing to do that. The rest of the assembly was afraid, afraid to do something about it, afraid what they would think, afraid what others would say about them. They were lazy. They weren't willing to do that. They were like, nah, let, let, let Moses handle that. That's not my job. That's Moses' job. They didn't even, they were just growing numb. They were like, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'm still, I mean, I'm at church. It's not that big a deal. It's not like I'm going to their church or anything. And I want to challenge us today. Like, what are th- some things that we're numb to? Some things that we're like, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's not one of those big sins. As long as I'm in my Bible every day or, like, every other day, oh, I missed the quiet time here. No big deal. Like, that's not the heart that God wants us to have. God wants us to have a heart to get after him every single day. He wants us to just be um, just in his word and talking to him. He wants us to be reading the Bible and just praying every single day. It can't be, like... 
a nonchalant attitude when you miss a quiet time. You have to get after it. And um, basically, so I've been baptized for almost three years now. I got baptized December 2008. And I got baptized... And for the first few months after that, I was fired up. I was, like, zealous. I was, like, Phineas. I was, like, running around telling everybody I got baptized, inviting people to church. But after that, I was, I, like, I cooled down. I got, I started coasting, as Ruben likes to call it. I was coasting. I was missing quiet times here. I wasn't, like, doing anything bad. I was at school. At school, I wasn't talking about God like I'm supposed to. I was going to parties, but I wasn't doing anything. So in my mind, I thought it was okay. I was like, oh, I'm going to the party. I'm not doing anything, though. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing drugs. It's not that big a deal. So then I was doing that for, like, my freshman and sophomore year. But then the summer going into my junior year, I went to teen camp. So last year, teen camp. I got the teen camp last year was amazing, and so was the one this year. It was amazing. It was basically, like, the equivalent of somebody and going stabbing two sinners. Like, it got me fired up. It got me fired up. Like, so when I went back to school, I told everybody in church, all, like, the teens and stuff, I was like, all right, I made a decision. I'm not going to go to any more parties. Like, I lost a lot of friends. I'm not going to lie to you. I lost a lot of my friends. Like, they're still my friends or whatever, but we're not as close as we used to be when I went to go, like, hang out with them on the weekends and stuff. Now they're like, where are you on Fridays? I'm like, I'm at Church Devo. They're like, why are you going to church on Friday? I was like, because that's the devotion that God wants. Like, it's just an honor to me to just be able to come here and just be with you guys. Like, they don't understand. I'm trying to explain it to them, but they don't understand. And um, so basically, I've been fired up my whole junior year, and I'm ready to go to my senior year. I tried to start a TBT last year, but I couldn't find a sponsor. So this year, even if I don't find a sponsor, I'm still going to have a Bible talk. So, yeah. And basically, that's my example from the Bible. But another amazing, amazing, amazing example I love is my mom. She. She's. I mean, as I'm, most of you guys don't know, but my dad's not a disciple, and most of the people in my family, my, my aunts and uncles, they're not disciples. So it's her, it was her and her sister and my uncle, they were the only three disciples, like, when I first started. And they just set amazing examples for the, their siblings. And just, they just had the courage to continue asking. After they said no, I'm sure once they first got baptized that they were, they invited them, but they said no. They said, I don't want to come. That's not me right now. But as they continued to share, my aunt was here today. She was able to study the Bible and get baptized. So basically, in the end, I just want you guys to just have courage. Courage like Vinny's and courage like my mom to just... Be able to just keep asking after people say no. Like, I know at school I've asked almost everybody in my grade to come to church. They've all said no. They've all said no, I don't want to come. But still, this year I have to get over that, and I'm going to have to just be just able to 
get over that and just ask them, continue to ask them, continue to have that courage, to continue to have that zeal after God, to do things for God. And I just want you guys to imagine what church would be like if we all had that heart of Phineas, if we all had that heart to go get after it, not just walking around, like, asking people in convenient places, asking people at work, asking people at school. Just, I want, like, on the weekends, when you're just sitting at home bored, doing nothing, just go to the mall and invite people to church. Go do something. Like, just have that heart. And basically, just to God be the glory. Amen. What's up, guys? That was awesome, Amari. Um, so my name is Sam Newman. Um, I'm part of the amazing team ministry here. Um, and I lead the Bible talk on my uh, Culver City High School campus. Um, and I just want to say I'm really proud to be a part of our team ministry here. Um, this summer we've been focusing on having a productive summer and just not sitting around watching TV and wasting our time, but actually doing stuff for God and making it productive. And I'm just, I feel like our team ministry has been doing awesome in that. Um, so I'm going to talk about courageous repentance. Um, I know for me, like, courageous repent, like, repenting in general is just very hard. It's an action for me that, that is very difficult for me to do sometimes. Why? Because to repent, you have to be able to look at yourself honestly and be able to open up to not only God, but men around you. And then also be willing to do the work to change that sin. Um, the definition of courageous is not deterred by danger or pain. Brave. Um, and when I think of a man of God who really shows and is really relatable to courageous repentance, I think of David. And um, that's who we're going to look at. Uh, can we open up to uh, Psalms 51? Uh, David. David is a very was a very blessed man. Uh, God just continued to protect him, uh, gave him strength. He, uh, is, you know, fought Goliath, one of his top scorers. He was definitely a warrior of God. Uh, but he also had some, you know, stumbles uh, here and there, like we all do. Um, but it's not about how you sin; it's about how you handle your sin. Uh, in Psalms 51, this is a response. Um, after Nathan basically rebuked David um, about his sin uh, with uh, uh, Bathsheba, uh, basically what David did was he saw this girl uh, bathing, he lusted after her, and then he had sex with her. Um, and then she was married, so while her husband was in war, he did this. And uh, he came back, he tried to get her drunk, him drunk, um, to make him, and then sleep with her, to make him think that the baby is his. Oh, yeah, she got pregnant. The baby is his. And that didn't work out, so he sent him up to die in the front line of the battlefield. Um, so in Psalms 51, 1 through 4, this is David's response to um, his sin uh, that he committed. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to you, to your great compassion, blot out my transgression." transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. 
So you are right in your verdict and verdict and justify when you judge. I look at David and I see a lot of humility in his repentance. Um, he, he took responsibility for his sin. He didn't say, he didn't try to justify. He's like, but, but, or I did this because, or I had a great reason to do this. He took responsibility for what he did, and he knew it was wrong. For me, uh, when I was little, I might still do it now. I don't know. I can ask my parents. <laughs> Whenever I did something wrong, uh, I'd be like, what did I do? I, my parents would walk in the room. My brother would be crying. I had my fists up or something. What did I do? That was me. I never, me and responsibility, we just didn't go together. Um, but I, when, I, when I see David's example and I, and I uh, examine it and I try to apply it to my life, um, it really hits me because repentance, you need courage. Uh, I have an example. Um, I'll make a long story short. I, um, I have, how is it? I broke a rule with my, my dad. Um, I didn't come home on the time he wanted me to. And I have a history with this and disobeying him in this area. And um, in my head, I was justifying it like, um, well, actually, I don't really know how I was justifying it. I just knew it was wrong. I did anyway. <laughs> um, but when, I was, when, it, when it was time to confront that sin, um, I had a choice. I could, what did I do? I could say that again. Or I could take the David route and say, God, or Dad, I sinned. I did it. I know what I did was wrong. And I'm ready to take the consequences for my sin. And that's, the, that's what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to acknowledge our sin before him and other people. Get open with your sin. Take responsibility for it. And don't be afraid to let other people know what's going on in your life. So, sorry, Dad. Um, so going to open up to 2 Samuel uh, 24. This is another uh, incident with David, a sin uh, that took place with him. Um, he was trying to get glory from men in, in this area. Uh, he's decided one day, I'm going to count my soldiers, see how tough I am, see how bad I am, see how much power I have. He was trying to get that power from uh, men and not God. God didn't tell him to do that. Uh, he didn't tell him, count your men, see how much power you have. Uh, David was expected to just trust in God um, and know that uh, God was giving him power. Um, in Second Samuel 24, uh, verse 24, uh, David, you know, he acknowledged he sinned. He knew what he did was wrong. And he was willing to do whatever it took to get right with God. Um, he went to go buy some land to make an altar and sacrifice to God. And he was offered to have it for free. The guy was going to give it to him for free. He wasn't going to have to pay anything. Um, and this was David's response. But the king replied to Arana, No, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to my Lord, my God, burnt offerings that didn't cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor, the oxen, and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. When David went to, to make this sacrifice, uh, he, wasn't, he, he knew that he had to do whatever it took to get right with God. He knew that he couldn't take this for free because it, was no, it had no 
meaning a sacrifice to him. It, it wasn't. It was too easy. Um, so what I want, I'm trying to say here is that when you repent, you have to be willing to do anything, anything to get over it, to do what you got to do to get right with God. And for David, that was buying the field. Um, for me, another story. I have a lot of stories. Um, my freshman year, uh, I got baptized my eighth grade summer, or no, my eighth grade year, actually. I was 13. Um, and going to high school, I was really scared. Um, I had Roddy and Cody, some older disciples, they all were there. But I was really intimidated as a freshman. I was just very nervous. I, was, I didn't know what I was doing. So with that, I started to look for the acceptance from my school, my school friends, my soccer team, um, my friends who were high every day, um, just trying to get acceptance from them. And that resulted in me, uh, I, sometimes I just wouldn't show up to Bible talk every Friday. Um, I wouldn't, you know, tell Roddy where I was. I wouldn't communicate. I didn't have no intention of showing I was a disciple at school. Um, I was living my life for the world as a disciple, or I was calling myself a disciple. And that summer, I don't remember what it was, but something really hit me, and I was just like, I'm not being a disciple. I'm living a lie right now. And I had the choice to either continue pleasing the world or do what I had to do to get right with God. Um, and that involved, uh, I lost a lot of friends. I don't hang out with people, a lot of people that I used to anymore. Um, that involved um, me just cutting off stuff, sacrificing these things that I kind of liked but never gave me really any satisfaction to get right with God. Um, sorry. And with that, with my repentance, I found that God blessed me with a lot of things. And when I think about God blessing me for my sin, or not my sin, for repenting of my sin, I'm really thankful um, after that summer, I w- or that summer, I was able to see two of my best friends get baptized, Chris and Roy. Um, I was able to see the number of my Bible talk grow. Um, my brother started having an interest in studying the Bible. Just these things, God was blessing me for repenting and getting right with him again. Um, so with that, I just have some questions to sit with you guys to think about. Um... And just really think about, are you repenting courageously of your sin? Uh, are we looking at our sin? Are we taking responsibility for it? And are we getting open about it? Or are we just letting it sit there, watching it grow, affecting our relationship with God? How many of us are holding on to sin, holding on to stuff we know we need to give up to get right with God, but we don't want to because we're too afraid? Do we courageously take our sin and put it before God and trust him that he will forgive us? As a teen, I know it could be very hard to do this action because, yeah, we're young. There's a lot of, you know, stuff out in high school that that just hits us hard in high school. But I think as teens, if we can do it, the church can do it. And I know that after repenting, um, after repenting, the blessings that God gave me were a hundred times better than living for the world and getting acceptance from sin. Um, so I just want to challenge you guys to repent courageously. Amen.
the Bible says, we're going to open our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies Who is he that condemns Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I read this simply to say what we have in Christ, what we have in God. If God is for us, who's going to be against us? And then the theme of being courageous, I don't know about you, but I look at these young men, I look at these young women who in high school, in in a pressure cooker like high school, are standing firm, more than conquerors, at their schools, knowing If God's for me, nothing's going to be against me. And it may be a small whisper sometimes during lunch. It may be a small whisper during math class. If if God's with me, nobody can be against me. And these guys are doing it. These guys are living it. These guys are not just living it, but they're leading by example to others to to live it. These boys are not just leaders within the team ministry, but they're, they're leaders within their own schools, within their own sports, within their teams. That they, they're, they're leading. I look at this passage and I think about these young men and these young women who spoke today. And I'm, I'm inspired. I'm inspired to live a life courageous. I look at this passage that we're reading. It says, in all things, we're more than conquerors. And so we ask the church, are we living that way? Are we truly living that way? With that sort of a confidence, with that sort of a trust and faith in God, courageous, that nothing can separate us from God. Because he's... For us. He's already went all in for each one of us. And so I want to encourage us today as a church. What do we need to be conquerors in? What areas of our lives do we need to conquer? 
What areas of our lives do, do we see God that we need to say, man, God is with me. If God's with me, nothing, no one can be against me. Amen? I want us today to leave here and encourage us to leave here inspired. You know, Marina and I, we, we love what we do in the team ministry. It is a blessing from God to be able to use all of our time, our energy, our efforts to raise up a generation, a next generation. To see them take a stand for God. Not just say I'm a Christian one day. and To take a stand for God. We've been doing this for a while here in the West Side. It's so encouraging. Even last Sunday, I was sharing with Anthony. Last Sunday, we saw different people share and I was thinking, wow, James Zhu and, and Winter Johnson shared good news from the singles ministry. They were converted in the team ministry here. I was looking at Kenny Izashuku and Ali Wenji sharing last, last week about the campus ministry. and They were converted in the team ministry here. And it's encouraging. It's inspiring to see the young men and women not just becoming Christians, but staying faithful, growing giving their all to God and to His kingdom. Because if God is with us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Let's go to God in prayer. Then we're going to stand up and sing one final song. And we'll be dismissed.